0: After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans. And the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes. And to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at ValHeart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at ValHeart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm here talking with Keith Varnum. He's a vibrant filmmaker in college, and at the tender age of 19, he went totally blind before he could launch out on his own. The prognosis of Western doctors was that Keith would be blind for the rest of his life, and that catapulted him into the adventures of his life. On the journey, he studied with medicine men, shaman, Hawaiian Kahuna, and the Eastern Spiritual Masters, and he regained his eyesight, and he discovered in the process the secrets of all healing, of transformation, and success. Keith has tested these practical secrets in his 35-year career as an author, a certified matrix energetics practitioner, a life coach, a vision quest guide, an acupuncturist, a sound healer, he's a radio host, and he's the vice president of a multi-million dollar company. When he's not exploring consciousness in the canyons of Arizona, Keith travels around the world, assisting people to open to life's wonders and surprises in his dream workshops. Welcome, Keith. I'm so glad you made some time to talk to us today.
1: Well, thank you. I feel very honored to be on your show.
0: So I have a question for you then. so continuing the conversation about uh, my own vision, Uh what would you suggest we do
1: at this point? Do you have a,
0: a, a thought about that?
1: Uh, yes. Okay. And the, one way I'd like to introduce it is to tell you just real briefly a little more of my process. Okay. So you know where I'm coming from when I make a, a suggestion. Okay. For me, as I said, I uh, lost my eyesight out of the blue as far as I was concerned. Yeah. I had no idea why it happened. And then I got my eyesight back, and I didn't really, I didn't know how I got it back. But over the last 40 years, I've had more of a sense of what actually happened there.
2: Okay.
1: Before, during, and after. Okay. And one of the things that happened was that after I got my vision back, I still had eye problems for the next 20 years. Hmm. I had two cataracts develop Mm -hmm. slowly. Mm -hmm. You familiar with cataracts? It's a, a, you know, you I I
2: I've I've
0: had cataracts and I've already had cataract surgery on both sides okay,
1: and you know yeah. so I I I had two cataracts develop and I actually ended up having cataract surgery because I wasn't able to heal them
0: naturally okay.
1: okay I also had um I've had I I had very styes and infections for those mm-hmm. whole 20 years and And at the very beginning, when I got my eyesight back, my cornea, the actual outer layer of cells in my eye, would slough off, would peel off if they got too hot or too dry. So if it was too windy or dusty, I actually had to close my eyes for five days. I could Mm -hmm. see, but my eyes hurt too much because the Mm -hmm. cornea would fall off. Mm
2: -hmm. It was very Mm
1: -hmm. unstable. Mm
2: -hmm. And that's
1: what led me to go live with all these shamans because I had to stabilize my eye health. I could Mm -hmm. see now. I wasn't seeing them to get my eyesight back, but I was seeing them to stabilize my cornea, and then after that, these other situations. So along the way, one of the things I discovered was, with the help of all these teachers and books and other people, one day I found in my guided meditations and just listening to myself, that I was actually saying, in way back when I was 19, I was saying it then, I was saying to myself, God, I don't want to see any more. Wow. And the full, what I meant was, I don't want to see any more truth. Because when I grew up, my father was a lawyer and, in Pennsylvania, and a mayor in Pennsylvania politics. My mother was involved with mental health and the court system. So I learned all about behind the scenes in the medical field as well as political field. And, I, of course, I didn't like what I saw. It's very corrupt, in a sense, from what, when you're an innocent young kid. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the university, and I went to Europe, and I was hoping it would be different. And even the film industry was not what it appeared to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nothing was. And so I kept going into industry after in, in the natural food business. And mm-hmm. every time I got to the core of some society institution I discovered that it wasn't what they said it was Mm -hmm. and I started saying to myself, well I don't want to see any more truth this is just too much it's too painful Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: so I literally went blind Mm -hmm. and then I started going again you know eight months eight years later a first cataract and then four years later the second cataract and I asked what's going on here and that's when I got partly my answer was I was still running on an unconscious level this request to not see too much truth. Okay. And once I found it, I, I real, I changed, I changed my tune. I went to a deep meditative level and said, look, I'm strong enough to see the truth now. And I want to see the truth as life presents it, as God presents it. So I changed that request. I changed that, um, personal law that I was putting out. And that was, that's when all my eye problems ended. Wow. The infections, the styes, the. Oh, okay. Everything. it makes a lot of sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and everyone, I've worked with a lot of people. Because of my life story, people mm-hmm. who have eye challenges are attracted to reaching out to me. Sure. And so I've worked with a lot of people who were blind and had other um eye situations. And in every case, when I work with them, uh we discover, they discover, that it has to do with, on some level, there's something they don't want to see. Got Clearly. Either too much truth or something about the nature of something that... And, you know, our, our the universe is responds to our wishes. And um so it's very helpful, either in meditation or prayer or whatever techniques you have, to listen really carefully and to ask and go in and see what subconscious or what am I saying to myself that I may may not be aware of in terms of what emotionally, I mean, it doesn't make sense often, of course. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. But
1: uh, on on what on what unconscious level did I make a decision to to not be have have clarity? And it would, might not just be out, uh, but just clarity about something. Because when we don't want clarity about sex, love, romance, money, whatever, mm-hmm. death, health. Mm-hmm then we develop usually people develop among other things eye problems yeah because that interferes with the clarity and and yeah. of course it's not really the way we it's not really what we we're asking for but um so as you clarify that you can have your eyes heal okay. and then part of the process too is to ask i'd say the most useful question to ask is what has been and I use it in the past tense on purpose because hopefully you're leaving it behind. So what has been the beneficial purpose of this eye condition? And I would suggest calling it an eye condition or challenge rather than any technical uh, medical term. Okay. Because those are harder to change.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: You know, uh, no yeah. matter whatever the... and. And also anything that doctors have told you about the operations or what they did or what they saw, Mm -hmm. you can validate it all. It's all fine. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's still the way it is.
0: Right. True.
1: You know, so if you just call it your eye condition, and the condition is the physical symptoms that you're actually aware of, blurred vision. Because you know that for sure. Yeah. But that's much easier to clear up. A person can actually blink their eyes and clear up their vision. Mm-hmm. It True. can't be that simple once you release and change the underlying beliefs and decisions that we've made. When we make a decision to see clearly, we will see clearly. Uh, one thing that helped me was to read um, the life story of people who have undergone, who've gotten their eyesight back okay, or healed eye conditions because there's there's just hundreds and hundreds out there. And almost always it follows the pattern of that at one point, for whatever reason, they had an insight from a movie, a book, a friend, a doctor, whatever, that that there was something they didn't want to deal with, to feel clearly or see clearly or handle. And this was a way to obscure the situation so they didn't, because at the time, so the good question to ask is what what was the beneficial purpose of this condition? Okay. Because at the time, everything we do to ourselves is brilliant and it works because yep. you're still alive and you're yes. still asking questions and your spirit is <laughs> still strong.
2: I'm still kicking. So
1: mm-hmm. whatever you've done with your eyes and your body has worked because mm-hmm. your spirit is still alive and you're physically still with us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it generally what people do is they they reach a life challenge and then we use whatever we can within our life repertoire to handle the situation and so say we don't feel emotionally strong enough to deal with something or to see clearly or to feel something clearly or to get clear about something then we'll either get sick or have an accident or move or get away from it we'll do these take these steps or strategies which aren't maybe the best but at the moment they're the best we can come up with
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm
1: and so that's what you're asking for what has been the beneficial purpose well it's helped me to you know uh and then look also at ultimately what has it led you to well first of all number 1 you're still alive physically you 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 still your spirit is still alive which by the way I've discovered is the most important thing to people is to okay. keep their spirit alive tell mm-hmm. people will do anything to keep their spirit alive because they don't because if the spirit goes out
0: yeah.
2: You know.
1: Yeah. But we, then, second of all, we want to keep physically safe. So, those are usually the two biggest benefits of whatever strategies we developed. Okay. And then, second of all, there's other benefits like, uh, we develop, we often create, uh, conditions in order to investigate something, to explore, to develop compassion or creativity or flexibility. Or to develop just plain experience in healing. Okay. Um, there's a lot of healers who actually consciously give themselves themselves diseases in order to prove they can cure them, so that when they try to help other people, they can say, "I've been there, <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: I cured it." Just the other day, I, just last week, I was doing I do matrix energetics mainly now,
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and um, I was doing a free seminar on it, and this lady had a Cast on her wrist, and all her her wrist had been severed, mm. and all the nerves severed. And the doctors told her she'd never. They wanted to put a ten a ten inch metal plate in. Okay. I'm not quite sure why, but they told her she'd never be able to move her hand, and uh. so on, and so forth.
2: Mm.
1: And I was able to tell her that I worked for ten years in Boston with Massachusetts General Hospital with doctors, mm-hmm. and I was an acupuncturist mm-hmm. and really a shaman but an acupuncturist, and a shaman in acupuncturist clothing. Mm-hmm. And I would work with these patients, and I would basically tell them everything I told you in the interview, but in uh-huh. their own language, and tell them they're basically energy. And, mm-hmm. and we got the energy moving again in their hand. Mm, okay. And those people regained sensitivity and movement in their hand. And some of those people actually had their whole hand severed in an industrial accident. <laughs> wow. Not just injured. But they just needed someone to say, look, you can do it, yeah. uh, you know, because your energy. Because So I was able to tell her that, that I'd had that personal experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as well as eyesight and so on, I've helped a lot of people regain their eyesight. And one of the biggest things is what they've been told by others, Um, that you'll never see again, or you don't have a retina, or you don't have this, you know, so you can't possibly... And n- none of that is actually true, and that's why life stories are very helpful, because you'll read about people who were told they're missing an actual part of their eye in an accident or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a part, uh, a vertebrae or whatever, they'll never walk again because they're missing this, ver- or this was crushed or whatever,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: yet those people are able to do it. Wow. So if a layperson can do it without a spiritual background, mm-hmm. or you know all everything we know energetically and spiritually, then we can certainly do it. Mm. And so that's how I work with people. Is, but it, it I find it helpful to find those life true life stories. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, they've really helped me throughout my life because I know if if one person's done it on the planet, and if a hundred or two hundred have done it, and mm-hmm. they did it accidentally without really having much of a belief that they could do it.
2: Mm-hmm. And I can certainly
1: do it with all the experience and belief I have. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um what are some of your favorite uh life stories? What can you think of any?
1: Um in regard I got so many. In regard to what?
0: Um well, you were saying to uh find out about other people who've gone through this. Um who else can you think of?
1: You mean with blindness per se, yeah. or
0: yeah. Who who else have have lost their vision and then brought themselves oh, back? See. Or or not just blindness, but uh-huh. um, on that concept, can you think of any to that comes to well,
1: popular? I don't the know. I don't remember their names, but they've been oh, okay. like in you. One thing, uh, YouTube videos are very helpful. Oh. A, a lot of these life stories are now on. Used to have to read a book or an article.
2: Mhm.
1: Now you can so or you can just Google it and you'll get articles and youtube videos uh people who've regained blindness people who've healed their own healed themselves um, that's probably the most powerful i'll tell you the reason the way i found this was as a filmmaker i made money by shooting film at accidents and emergencies hurricanes and floods mm. and then selling the film footage to a television station for money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was around a lot of injury because of hurricanes and floods and stuff mm-hmm. and act car accidents. Mm-hmm. And I saw people doing amazing things. I saw people lift trucks off people. Wow. I saw people open elevator doors. And then I watched everyone deny it. You know, all the other eyewitnesses. The other wow. reporters, the other the EMTs, the emergency workers. And because it it happened, you know, it was too miraculous. It was too Outside their, their realm of possibility. So that's what made me realize that these kind of, that people heal themselves all the time and create supernatural solutions, but because we're trained to discount it rather than be empowered by it. For example, I once, I wanted to make a documentary when I was still a filmmaker about people who lift trucks off other people. Mm-hmm. Like children and slight men and slight women who lift mm-hmm. two and a half ton trucks off people. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I felt I didn't even know if I could get enough interviews to fill an an hour. This was for radio, for yeah. a radio interview.
2: Yeah.
1: Documentary. And I didn't have to leave the state of Michigan because wow. every city I went to that had a newspaper had four or five accounts within that city. So I barely had to go a hundred miles from a college town I was in.
0: Wow. And
1: I got over 200 people to interview.
0: Goodness
1: gracious. It's that common. Wow. But I also found within it that the people felt very isolated. They were very reluctant to even talk about it because even, even their husband or wife and children and friends, let alone their doctor, had felt they were crazy after a few years. Wow. Even though very often their other family members had actually witnessed it everybody went went into amnesia about it into denial wow yeah the typical thing they'll do is say like when i was shooting a uh, when i was out in the field you know shooting footage for t- for tv mm-hmm. um i'd say did you see that that woman lift the truck off that man and they'd say well you know i'm not sure she really lifted it. i think it just was up against the cliff
2: <laughs> and it
1: shifted and the <laughs> cliff was holding it up they'd always explain it in some other way.
2: That is
0: so bizarre.
1: Oh, everyone would do that. It's
0: bizarre. And
1: after and this I found many many cases where uh, the newspaper reports had pictures and uh, a policeman, an emergency worker, an ambulance driver and a husband or wife or neighbor witnessed the same thing. Witness say this woman lifting a mm. truck off her a kid in his bicycle. Mm. And within a few weeks everyone denied that it happened.
2: Wow.
0: It's like the collective consciousness doesn't allow us
1: exactly. to really
0: know the truth about who we really are.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Wow. And so that really trained me. What message I got from that was, okay, it, where I need to go is to undo my connection to the collective unconscious. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't
1: try to change anyone's mind. Just we withdraw. You know Carolyn Mace? Yes. I find her very helpful because she had one phrase where she said, when you, when you are merged with the collective mainstream consciousness, you can only evolve or do things according in, uh, in the alignment with the mainstream consciousness. Oh wow. But when you withdraw your consciousness from the collective tribal consciousness, you can do anything you want and evolve in any manner that you choose. Wow. And that my soul just perked up, and I said, well, that's what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it?
1: And that's what I really do with people. And the the other thing I wanted to mention was, as you ask yourself, what is the beneficial purpose of everything,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, of this condition and what it's brought you, either short-term and long-term, because then you're actually looking, You it shifts you into what they call the ego point of view, speaking of tot- animal totems. hmm The eagle and the hawk have the highest point of view because they see the big picture, the whole picture, but they can also work with detail. They can see the smallest little piece of grass, but they can also see the whole landscape. And that's the point of view of the soul. And so as you ask that question, what was the beneficial purpose, you begin to look at your condition from the point of view of your soul, who is actually behind it. Your soul did it for a purpose. You did it. The real you did it for a purpose to develop, to, to, to give you some sort of certain kinds of experiences in life.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. most
1: likely, once a person gets to the point of investigating this deeply, they've usually already gotten the lessons and the experiences and the value that they need to get from the experience. And so it's it's it, it's time you can, usually, usually people can let go of the condition. Okay. Um, If they find out what the lesson was, what the value was, and then basically you just, I remember once Spirit saying to me, I started exploring what's the beneficial purpose of being poor and sick? Because at that point in my life, I had always, besides my eyes, if it wasn't my eyes, I was sick in some other way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I was always poor, not super poor, but, you know, struggling.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I
1: kept asking, what's the ben- spiritual beneficial purpose? Why would my soul keep giving me this experience, this human experience of poverty, scarcity, and sickness? And finally, my spir- I saw that it was to develop compassion, to, to develop the, the personal experience so that people would know that I'd been there. Okay. So when I go to help other people, people can tell if you've been there or not.
2: Yes, if they you've can. Felt
1: that, yeah, they can tell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so Spirit asked me at one point, it's, Spirit said, if you weren't poor and you weren't sick anymore, would you still have the compassion and depth of empathy and concern for people that you have now? And I, I said yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I knew in my heart I wouldn't lose it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. lose mm-hmm. that, that, that sense of empathy. And that was the end right there of my Poverty and and being sick all the time. And that was after like 30, 40 years of it. Wow. Because I got for myself that I didn't need to have those constant, I didn't need to have those teachers in my life anymore. Right. For me to to be humble and empathetic and compassionate. And uh, also, for I already had that depth of character. You know, people knew that I'd been there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't need to keep putting myself through that. Yeah. Um, and so that's the value of asking those kind of questions. What's the beneficial purpose? How did it serve me in some way? How is it still serving me? How, well, ultimately, what has it given me? You ask the question in a thousand different ways until you get you know, answers that make sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you ask yourself, well, do I need the condition any longer? Is it necessary for me to have this condition for me to keep getting these benefits? And actually, the answer is always no.
0: Yeah. And if you're conscious enough to ask that question, exactly, <laughs> you're about right. conscious enough.
1: Exactly. To
0: <laughs> Graduate time.
1: Yeah, Yay.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> but it, it does seem that it needs to be made really conscious and for a conscious decision to be made and realization to happen. Right. And then the nightmare is over, as I put it. Um, ah. And I've been through that with many, many physical conditions, not just with the eyes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I even had one three years ago, and it it lasted as long as it lasted till I got answers to those questions and then as soon as I got answers to those questions, the spiritual beneficial purpose
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the benefit and the gift and I received the gift, and I didn't need the condition anymore yeah,
2: mm.
1: and then all kinds of as you ask these questions, you know, all kinds of people and videos and reports will come up um You know, assistance will come, information will come from all different realms. Wow. Excellent. Yeah.
2: Got it.
0: Good work. Good work. This is so needed. Yes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's so needed.
1: (laughs) There's no shortage. That's one thing I don't undervalue, you know, what I know anymore because people are They're so in need of it right now, because nothing much is working for most people now.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's like we either shift and evolve consciously and spiritually, Yeah. um, or we, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Really, really miserable. (laughs) Yeah, we don't
0: make it, and it's a a hard road. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. Mm. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome, and thank you for, for asking me. It's really fun to talk on this level.
2: Yeah. You yeah. drew
1: out a lot more clarity for me about simplicity and clarity about shamanism, about everything you've asked, because of you asking it and from the level that you could hear it. Thank you. So that's a lot of fun for me. That's a gift. It
0: is it is fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah. Um I'm very tempted to um to actually use the, the bit that we have just been talking about with the vision and uh-huh. And all of that. And actually offer that as a podcast. Are you, would mm-hmm. you, what do you think about that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Sure.
0: I'm just thinking we'll make it like part two. Yeah. Um, I'll just, um, uh, I know it's not as much on animals. We talked about animals a bit. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's really needed and helpful and useful. Um, and you know, part of my work, uh, isn't just about animals. Um, <clears throat> but it's also about the people who love them. And if we're healthy and, you know, are balanced in body, mind, and spirit than our animals can be also, and they don't need to carry or reflect these stressors or, you know, create the sickness and accidents and all those things that happen. Absolutely. Um You know, they don't need to serve us that way. If we can get the deeper message, yeah. Um, then not only do we ourselves don't have to experience those things as much, but our animals don't have to do that for us either, yeah. <laughs> which is really important.
1: You know, I had a, a girlfriend once in Hawaii mm-hmm. for five years. We were together, and then she just didn't want to go to her next level.
2: Uh-huh, yeah.
1: She was just terrified of it. Mm. So I just couldn't even talk to her anymore because she didn't trust God. She didn't trust me. I mean, Oh, so we just oh that's didn't, hard. Because she just didn't want to go any further. Got it. So I anyway, what happened to her, she had five poodles, wonderful mm-hmm. little poodles. Mm-hmm. And one by one, not all at once, one by one. One eye at a time, they all got cataracts. Oh, good lord. So she had to fly them from her island of Hawaii to Oahu, the main island.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One by one, ten operations because there's five dogs, two eyes each. Five operations at five thousand dollars each.
0: Oh my god.
1: And they all got cataracts. And ah! five, ten Eventually, this took years. hmm And then they all died ah. one by one.
2: Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I've never
1: seen a more You know, good, you know, perfect, unfortunately, good example of somebody refusing to see their next step or to take it and their animals out of their love reflecting it to the nth degree.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then when the tenth, uh, the fifth dog died, Mm -hmm. she finally at least moved from that, sold that house and moved. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as I can tell from friends, she did finally. You know, change, you know, make a move yeah. spiritually. Yeah. But it I, took all of that too.
0: Right, right. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's what I call the human animal body mind connection. And, and yeah. what happens is that our animals reflect our wounds. Yeah. You know, and they carry our illnesses, our stressors, uh, our dis, our dis ease, you know, within themselves. Yeah. Partly because they're connected to us consciously. You know, we're talking about <laughs> withdrawing from the collective unconscious. But, you know, when you're in a small group like me and my dog, you know, yeah. or, or something like that, it's like you have a, a little mini yeah.
2: collective
0: consciousness, you know, and they're connected. And, yeah. so, and so what they're feeling bleeds into us in and, and the same way back back and forth. And so if we're sick, we can count on it. You know, there's going to be something show up in our animal yeah. and vice versa. Um. Yeah. So um, just had a real interesting experience with my dog Einstein. He... Huh. He's only a year and a half. He's a schnauzer, a uh-huh. miniature schnauzer, actually a large, not so many schnauzer. <laughs> um, but uh,
2: um,
0: he uh, fell off the bed and went uh, lame and actually couldn't hold his hind end up. So uh-huh. emergency trip to the vet, uh, figured out that he had uh, a hairline fracture in his hip. And, um, you know, and so I'm treating him for that. And, of course, I get the wake-up call. It's like, oh, I need to pay attention to my own bone health. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a a, a dense you know energy uh, frequency there that we both need to pay attention to. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, the things I'm doing for him, I'm also paying attention for myself, and yeah. and that's really common. You know, I think when we're aware and know the pattern and know to look, um, and know to be open and ask for that direction, then we get it.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so
0: it really really helps.
1: I've noticed it with everyone's pets throughout everyone's animals throughout mm-hmm. their whole life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I wish you the best with that.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs> well, um, so again, thank you yes. <laughs> for this. Um so um let's go ahead and I, I would like to go ahead and offer this to my listeners. I think uh-huh. they'll find a lot of value in it also. So um let's go ahead and close it there.
2: Okay. And
0: um thank you. <laughs> so, so so bye. Uh, 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 and again I hope to talk to you again later.
2: <laughs> okay. Sounds great. <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, Keith. All right. Okay, so
0: um, Stuart, Okay, this is going to be the part two introduction for the bit where we finished the last or the first section of this interview. So we're going to have two interviews, um, and uh, this will be the intro to that. So. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I am talking to Keith Varnum. We, I talked to him... Starting over. Hi, I'm Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Keith Varnum. We're continuing our conversation. Uh, As you'll remember in the last podcast, I talked to Keith about shamanism. We talked all about... Uh, power animals, shamanic journeying, how to be a shaman, uh, the role of crisis and trauma in the development of a shaman, Um, and all of those wonderful things. It was a wonderful, wonderful interview. And as you may remember, Keith went blind when he was 19 years old, and that's what sparked him to launch out on his own. Um, And it catapulted him into the adventure of his life. He actually regained his vision and his eyesight, and he learned all manner of secrets of healing, transformation, and success. So um, I would like uh, to continue the conversation because after our last conversation, uh, I asked him more about uh, eye health and vision and um, uh, the purpose of accidents and injury and things like that, and I think you'll gain a lot of value from listening. Uh, so please do, and enjoy. So, let's see, you have something for our listeners today, is that right?
1: Uh, Yes, I have a, a free CD that you can get by calling my 800 number or go to my website. Okay. And it is a, it's called How to Create Prosperity Now, and that's prosperity in the full sense of the word, word okay. abundance in the world, in health, in friendship, and love, uh, in all avenues of your life. Okay. And the website is... TheDream.com, TheDream.com. So, uh, www.thedream.com. Yes. Got it. And And the phone number is Mm -hmm. 800-736-7367.
0: Okay, so the website is TheDream.com, phone number 800-736-7367. Yes. Got it, And you've got uh, the Free Prosperity CD, How to Create Prosperity Now. I know I'm definitely going to get my copy. I want to know. Uh, it's so, a guided
1: meditation, very much like a shamanic journey. Oh, it I is. like that. It is a shamanic journey.
0: <laughs> it's a guided shamanic journey. Well, oh my gosh, we've got to have that. Definitely. Um, and I also know that I visited your website, of course, and I love your website. There are so many wonderful stories and articles and helpful Stuff on it. So, uh, listeners, go for it. Go to thedream.com. Uh, and then, uh, how else can they contact you, Keith? Uh, you're willing to give them their, your email?
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Keith. Keith. K e i t h. Okay. Keith. K e i t h at thedream.com.
0: Great. All right, everybody. Wonderful. Thank you, Keith. I have so enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you. It was it's a lot of fun. So wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for the work that you do, for your love, for life. Uh, for your journey, for finding the treasures in your wound, you know, the, the, the beauty and the, the gift within your experience and bringing it to us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valheart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better-behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at ValHeart.com to apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course. And check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life.